I decided that I'd write my sermon out. I'm going to try to write my sermons out for in the next while because there's a there's a different level of taking in when you write as opposed to type out on an iPad. But I want to tell you, I've been so conditioned to use my iPad that last week in our D Street when I was preaching, I was trying to turn the page, but I was swiping it like it was my iPad to, to get in front of everybody knew I was a big dope. And uh, so, um, but you know, we, we, let's pray this prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Growing up in a nation where, for me, where that was a prayer that was repeated, 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 and you knew it off by heart, and I don't know whether you were when you were in school, but yet we, we, we had to learn it. And then, like, as a young, load of boys in the class, we had a competition. Who could say the fast? The fast is our father. And all that stuff. And, uh, and, and therefore, it just loses. But this is, this is Jesus' apostolic prayer. And uh, it's the most incredible, jam-packed, powerful lines that you'd ever read in. And the one line I want to concentrate for the next few minutes is, let thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That Jesus said that it is possible to call on God and bring the kingdom of God to bear on earth. And, um, and so in a nutshell, he was saying that you, you can pray and ask that your place looks like his place. And that his place will come into your place and make it look like and feel like and sound like his place. And, and that's like a subject that is a, a million, million sermons probably have been taught and preached on it. But I was thinking that it, it's not just like, I, I don't know, one of the things I learned this year is passivity is one of the biggest killers of faith. And one of the biggest killers of seeing, not seeing the kingdom come. So, so when we don't pray or we allow our life to be prayerless, we are, we are not activating the kingdom of God on earth. We are not stepping into the places where God can have us. So, and passivity would stop us from doing that. Like it was like, like, and, and I would just confess as an orange man, I think passivity is one of the, one of the crippling diseases of the men of our country. Because if you look around, you'll see on the whole that our women are, 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 are streets ahead of us in not being passive. Well, there's fathers all over the nation and men all over the nation that has allowed this horrible, like, I don't know what word to put on it. But it kills us and cripples us. And as Christians, we allow the same thing to happen. And I was looking at, thinking, what, would, what are some of the principles and practices that produces the presence of God on earth? Hello, I made that up myself. I didn't read that anywhere. And I make up something like that. I'm, I'm impressed with myself. I was nearly going to add in another P. What's the promises that we, can, um, that we can activate by practice to see the presence of God in our lives? And there's loads of them in the Bible. Like all you have to do as a, as, as a Christian is, uh, is to come up with a, an idea or what's one of the principles of the kingdom. And I, I, you know, if, if, if you've done any type of Bible study, as soon as you think of something, you see it everywhere in the Bible. It's like, 
Wow, practices and principles to produce the presence of God on earth are everywhere in the Bible. And in fact, they're from the very beginning in the book of Genesis. And I could stay here forever to bring us right through what they could be. And, then, and in them, you'll see that God turned people's woes into wells. And he even turned, um, when people's woes, wells were turned into wo- woes, he was able to turn it back around again. Because what I am confident in is that God is faithful. My confidence is not in my ability. My confidence is in that he is faithful and that he says he can do anything in any place, in any space, and anywhere. And he loves to bring heaven. Jesus says, this is the way to pray. This is the way to live. This is the way to walk with an, with an idea, with an atmosphere in your life and around your life that when you see something wrong, you can say, that does not look like the kingdom of God. Therefore, I can pray, thy kingdom come. In this situation, in this circumstance, in this life, as it is in heaven. And I was thinking of some place, and we'll go through a load and then we'll, we'll, we'll land on one. But for instance, do you remember Daniel in the lion's den? Do you remember he was, Darius, he put out an order that like everyone was just to worship um, him and that anyone that prayed to any other God would be in trouble. And the people that set up that idea in the king's head knew that Daniel wasn't um, one that was going to pray to another God, but he prayed to Yahweh, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of heaven and earth, the maker of all things. And they set him up, and, and as soon as they kicked off, that, um, they went to the king and says, Hey, that, that Daniel fella, we looked, in his, we looked in his window, and he was praying. Three times a day he prayed towards Jerusalem. Whoa. Woe was going to come upon him. You remember they take him and they drag him out and they put him in to the lion's den. And King Darius, he had a heart for Daniel. But he had made a decree. And the decree meant that he had to be put in there to be eaten by the lions. And he put him in the lion's den. And the Bible says he put a big, a big um, stone over it. And uh, meaning that was the death, that was the end. You're never going to be coming out of there. Does it remind you of anybody? You're dead in a tomb somewhere with a big stone and a big seal. The king's seal was put upon it, never to be broken by anybody else or else they'd be put to death. Hello, that, 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 whoever's gone there will never be resurrected. And the king couldn't sleep all night. And uh, he was up all night thinking, I hope, I hope to God that he prays to. And he gets up first thing in the morning, runs down, Daniel! Was the God who you serve, listen to the words, continually? Was he able to save you? Was he able to deliver you from the lions? And Daniel says, oh great king, I'm okay. That the Lord who I serve sent an angel. And an angel closed up the mouth of the lions. That, that he, his service to God activated His continual love for God activated heaven on earth. The God that you serve continually. And and angels came and closed up the mouth of lions. He turned his woe into a well. Amen. Even the king was well. Remember Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego. That they wouldn't bow the knee. They wouldn't bow the knee to, to, to the king Nebuchadnezzar put up a big, a big statue of himself. And, and, and they said, they, again, they were being set up. Well, we know they won't bow the knee. And the king says, whoever doesn't bow the knee gets thrown in to a furnace. But three young men says, I will not bow the knee. And you think, and I might think, that this is far removed from us in, um, 
in something that's probably three or four thousand years old. Whereas Christians, we're asked to bow the knee. We're asked to submit to things that we don't believe or don't want to do. And if you haven't experienced that, you will be. But Daniel, active, or Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego activated something on earth. The principles and that they practice and the practices that they had in their life is that we serve one God. And I don't care who says what or what may happen to me. I am not going to bow the knee to any other gods. And you and I have faced that and will face that and will continue to face that into the future. When there's, there's things put in at government level that says you have to submit to this. You have to, if you read the book of Revelations that it talks about in the end times, which everyone believes we're in, it says that you won't be able to get filled unless you bow the knee and take the mark. So don't think this is far removed from you. I was looking at um, something to do with a big load of um, interest around Kanye West. And, uh, and, and uh, there he is up there, you know, um, preaching the word of God release an album and he says all of hell came against him because he wanted to release a gospel album and hell came against him not in the form of this big bad world but came in the form of christian producers and writers that says don't do this you're going to bring trouble upon yourself and somebody says well do you think he's for real i've seen a great thing this morning uh is it called memes or something memes that's what i call it memes cartoon thing and uh, it was like some Christian goes to some another Christian goes do you think I think your man uh, Kanye West is fake he's a fake Christian and your man says when was the last time you declared that Jesus was king to everyone you knew your man says back to him that's not my call <laughs> but I thought about it I was like he's going to come under some amount of stick to bow the knee but he has it seems like he has a principle and practices in his life that will produce the heaven, the, the presence of God on earth. And you or I are going to have to put these in to be able to withstand. They were getting thrown into a furnace. They, were getting, they knew what it was and they came and they did throw them in. They bound them up with ropes and they threw them in. And the men that were throwing them in, the furnace got heated up seven times harder than it was normally. The men on the way that were throwing them in, they do it. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, we refuse. Even if we die in there, we're not bound to knee. Nebuchadnezzar looks in. He weren't born enough. He said, how many men did we throw in there? Three, king. He says, well, how come there's four in there? That Jesus himself was in there with him. God was in the furnace with him. Why? Because they had practices and principles that produced the presence of God, even when it was hot under the collar. Because they decided we will not bow the knee. Amen. But there's loads in the Bible. I bet you hopefully you're thinking of your own now. Remember David? 1 Samuel chapter 30 or 31. David goes out to raid with the Philistines. And he comes back to his place where he lived. The place called Siklag. And his family, kids, neighbors, all of his men. Oh, everything belonged to him were taken. His men says, you talk about a woe. His men wanted to kill him because of what had happened to their family because they followed him. 
What practices and principles are in our life when everyone turns against us and everything that is we hold dear is being taken on us? What do we put in? People say at the time, I, I need to pray and fast more. I need to seek God more. When trouble comes upon us. Well, what practices and principles have we put into our lives before that never happens because he's God? We can't wait till the fire comes and then get the fire extinguisher. We have to know before anything even comes. We have to have practices and principles that produces presence now so that when that comes upon us that we, we activate heaven on earth by, 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 by giving ourselves to the practices and principles that we practice because he's God. Are you with me? So David's men were going to kill him. Everybody is gone. David's practice and principles was, it says, that he went aside and he sought God. And he seeked, he sought to encourage himself in God. And while he was practicing his principles of living, God spoke to him and says, David, go after them. And you will retrieve and take back everything that has been stolen on you. And David comes out of that place to his men saying, God has spoken to me. And he went and he took absolutely everything back that was robbed on them. Why? Because David practiced his principles and was experiencing the presence of God before the, the kids were ever taken or the families were ever taken. What a woe turned into a well. His activation point was seeking God. Do you remember Paul and Silas in prison? <laughs> they were taken in because they, they, a girl going around telling fortunes was um, being used by, by people to make money out. And she was going around after Paul and Silas saying, these men know the truth. And Paul had enough of it and he looks at the girl and he, the girl was full of a demon and says, come out of her in the name of Jesus. And he cast the devil out. And there's a great point for anybody to see if you ever go to psychics or know anyone that goes to psychics that this is, this is the source. I have to be cast out. And for casting them out, people were losing money. Because there is a money racket. That's what keeps humans involved in it. They got thrown into prison, into the deepest dungeon, the Bible says. They were beaten and whipped, thrown into stocks and chains and left there. He was not coming up out there in a hurry. It's funny how the Bible's full of that stuff, isn't it? You, someone gets locked away and they, they come out. Not unexpectedly, but no one thought they'd survive. So what were they going to do? It was a woe. They were preaching the word of God, doing the will of God. They were living in the well of God, living, seeing miracles, signs and wonders. It's amazing how your well can turn into a wall. But the same God is with you. The same God is for you, on your side, can turn anything around. So what were they going to do in the middle of the wall? What principles and practices did they have already in their life that was going to produce the presence of God in their dire situation? Well, the Bible says they started to worship. They started to sing songs about who God was. And, and what happened was that the, the, the heaven produced on earth uh, came to earth and, and the doors flung open. 
And all the prisoners, all their doors flung open and the stocks and chains was open so much so that the prison guard thought, I might as well kill myself because something incredible here is out to happening and I won't be able to explain it to my superiors. The principle that they practice, that produce the presence, was that they were worshippers of God, singers of God, singers of the things of God. I told you, I, I, I didn't tell you this because it was to do um, a couple of months ago. We, um, we were praying and I had this vision. And in this vision, it was, um, if you can imagine, the whole of everything that's powerful in this world was coming against the church. So first of all, I a picture of like the military might of the world. You ever see like in Russia or China or North Korea, they bring all the, the, the there's the president standing up there and, there's the bombers and the, and, the, and the rockets and all these soldiers are walking by with their legs swinging everywhere. And, and, and they're showing off their might and flexing their muscle. So you can imagine all of that. Imagine all of the world's military might, let alone American technology or Russian technology to do with outer space and, and all of that. And you can imagine all of that stuff pointing towards the church, right? Now add on to that the world's philosophies. All of the world's political thinking, all of the world's um, um, banking systems, all of the world's um, ideologies, all of the education of the world, everything coming against the church, like a big battle line being drawn, but it wasn't Armageddon or anything like that. It was like all the world coming against the church and the church, like what was the church's response to it in this vision? This vision lasted a couple of seconds, but it's amazing how many details God can jam in into a couple, of, even a second of a vision. And they'll probably know more than a second. And so anyway, that was all coming against it. But what did the church do? The church in the vision was running towards the battle line, towards all of this crazy might and power coming against us and not only was the church running towards it but people were like hitting each other to get out of the way like they wanted to get to the battle line first it wasn't like we were cowering in a corner or we were we had banners going that's not a good thing to do to the church or we are protesting against this that there was something in us that caused us to run there's something that we've been practicing Something that we've been living out of that was in us that caused us to run to the battle line. And when we got to the battle line, here was, here was all of our response. We all ran and there was a line and they were all there. And we all stopped and we went like this. And we lifted up our hands and we started singing. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And, and all the world will see how great, how great is our God. And the world was looking at us and they were going, you are idiots. Look what we have. And then we start singing. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art. And it was all the, as they were tormenting us and slagging us off as we were worshipping the King of Kings. But their guns started to melt. And their ideas didn't make sense to them anymore. And their ideologies were foolishness in their thinking. Because we knew somehow that our weapons weren't the weapons of this world. That we knew how to bring heaven into earth. We knew how to worship the king of kings. That we knew and it wasn't like we were afraid in any way because we knew our God is far above all powers and principalities and anything that this world had to offer us. And that's how we could sing. And this is what Paul and Silas had. They knew that God was greater than the stocks and the chains. And when they started to worship the things that was holding them, let them go. Praise God again. Let's finish one more. 
Joseph. He had a well. He had a dream. That well made everything a wall after that. <laughs> what do you do when you're living in the well? It turns into a wall. I think what Joseph practiced somehow. You look at his whole life. Practiced trusting in the one that gave him the dream. And that when his well turned into a woe, somehow he remembered what God had given him. Because it wasn't a pipe dream. See, when God gives you something, honestly, you know it already. If you don't, I'll tell you. You can't get away from it. The devil cannot stop it. He may delay it, discourage it, bring thoughts of disappointment about God in your life. They may do all of that, but somehow when you're in the prison, like Joseph gets locked up, why? Because he was, he, he, well, here's Joseph's woe. His brothers rejected him. His brothers wanted to murder him. In the end, they threw him down a pit. In the end, they sold him into slavery and he went back to the dad and says, dad, a lion or a, a wild animal killed him and here's his coat and they put blood on of a goat or something and he says he's dead and Jacob, his dad, was, was devastated because the son who he favored who he loved was gone you talk about a, a, a woe in, in, in a family's life Joseph was rejected dejected sent into slavery then when he gets into slavery he gets bought by a man called Potiphar he raises Joseph up to be the leader of his home because that was the dream God gave him that he'd be a leader that people would be under him and so his woe was now like into a well again hey look at me I'm back on top I'm back in the game again but Potiphar's wife had an eye for him she tried to come on to him to get her to go to bed him, not just once, but a consistent temptation, a consistent dragging him in, trying to get him into a place where he didn't want to be. Because when you have dreams of God, there's a devil that wants to kill them. Now we have to know, yet there's carnal and there's fleshly things that we have and, and that we desire that we shouldn't desire. But there's also a devil behind that that wants to take you out of the race. And sometimes we beat ourselves up for sinning and, and beat ourselves up for, for failing God. And we fail to deal with the one who was behind the temptation in the first place. Yet this flesh. We go, bad as me. Beating yourself down. Condemnation rife in your life. And there's an enemy smiling and laughing. Look, I just tempt him. He goes into her. She goes into her. Should they beat themselves up? Joseph refuses her Allurements. She grabs his coat one day and says to Potiphar, He tried to rape me. He ends back up in prison again. Whoa, well, whoa, wow, whoa. Does that describe anyone's life? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, I'm there. Let me tell you the end of the story. He ends up king of Egypt, Pharaoh, interpreting a dream for him. That rose him up to be the second in command of all of Egypt. I tell you, stick with God in the walls. When your well turns into a wall, listen, he's the same God. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. We can bank on his immutable, on him being immutable, never changing in his character. We can bank on it. We can, Joseph's, stories will Joseph's story will tell you. Just keep going in there. Just keep, when, 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 when you're in your wall, believe me, he will remind you of the dream that will get you trusting in him again. Amen. Amen. I just want to declare over your life today. 
Now he's the God in the valley and he's the God in the mountains. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. No matter where your life is now, if it's in a well, celebrate with all your might. Celebrate all the woes he's brought you through. I'm sure there's many in here. You're in a wall. 40 years walking with Jesus. I live by his faith. I tell you, I stake my life on his faithfulness. Now, he says he'll turn all things for the good. And I called according to his principle, according to his promises. What principle in the word of God do you need to practice? Reduce his presence. Daniel prayed because that was a principle he practiced to live in the presence of God. Don't stop praying. Silas and Paul worship. Don't stop worship. Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego just made a decision not bound to anything other than God. David practiced the presence of God and prepared God to gain the victory. Don't stop practicing his presence. You have pull your life back into alignment where it needs to be. Say, Jesus, here I am. I'm yours. Don't listen to that thought that says, yeah, it was yours last week and look what you did. Don't listen to that voice ever again. Ever again. It's the voice of the lawyer. Don't listen to the voice that says, you're going to blow it next week. That's the lawyer. Jesus, all I own is now, this moment. I don't even own tomorrow. It's not guaranteed to me. So I make the decision now, Lord. I'm coming back into alignment with the principles and practices is heaven and earth. Presence with me. People here, I felt it during the first song. The night is holding on to you. God is holding on to the night. The devil, wrong decisions, has robbed your night time. Free over your life in the name of Jesus. You're getting your night back. You're getting your sleep back in the name of Jesus. You're getting it back. You're getting the peace of God that puts you to sleep. And you're getting the rest of the righteous. In the name of Jesus, your night will be robbed no more. And God, will you please give each one the practices and the principles that produces the presence that enables us to sleep. Without fear, even in the midst of the storm, Jesus goes asleep. That's sleep he wants to give us. So I break every assignment against your sleep, Patrick, your mind. In the name of Jesus, I release peace of God that surpasses all understanding. That goodness and mercy will tuck you in every night from this night on in the name of Jesus. Man goes to Jesus and he says, 
I understand this. A Roman soldier says, Centurion says, I understand this. I know man, I'm a man under authority. And I say to this person, go. And they go. And this person, they come there and they, and they come here. I decree a thing and it happens. I believe that God wants to release decrees into our lives that we resound into our situations that causes things to happen. I decree over your life, sleep, that you'll have your night time back. I decree over your life that the things that are far off that need to come near come in the name of Jesus. And the things that are near you that don't belong to you, I tell them to go in the name of Jesus. I release a fresh hunger for his presence. For his for who he is. That we would be able to run to every battle line together and sing the song of the Lord. That there would be a confidence in who he is like never before from this moment on in the name of Jesus. Would you please stand till I pray over us? Hallelujah, Lord. God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. Would you imagine Joseph probably in that cell? Practice, confess, declare, God is good. Declare that over each of our lives, each of our circumstances, each of our situations. Every, everything that is opposite to that, I cast it down as a lie. I cast it down as a vain imagination. I cast it down as a useless, from this moment on, a useless argument against you. And I release the greatness of God into your life into your dream life into your vision life into your everyday walking, breathing living, sleeping, working life in the name of Jesus and I say over our lives that the Lord does bless us and the Lord does keep us and the Lord does lift up his countenance upon us and the Lord does smile upon us and the Lord right now gives each one of us shalom the completeness and wholeness and prosperity that comes from being in Christ Jesus. And all the people say, Amen and Amen.